Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast Money Mail series. We are up to week number 136. 136 lessons for you to rip through and learn more about finance, money, the economy, and how to lead a better financial life in the country that we live in, the beautiful New Zealand. Please take five seconds to give this a five-star review if you are listening on Spotify. Even Apple, that will help this get in front of even more people who are keen to learn as well. Now, good song to get us cranking there, Breathe from Prodigy. Just breathe, we're getting very close to the end of the financial, well, end of financial year, yet no end of the calendar year i uh, got my accounting brain already switched on but Christmas is upon us and it's an exciting time of the year you might be enjoying some Christmas parties with working your friends and things like that and I think there's a lot of people who are very keen to have a bit of a break this summer so make sure you enjoy that and do that and do take some time to recharge and look after yourself and one of the ways that you can do that is by breathing and Remembering to breathe. When things get a little bit too much, just bloody breathe. Rightio, week number 136, we're going to be following, uh, getting into some pretty heavy tax content. And interestingly, when I put this on the story, about 50% of people actually said that they knew uh, what fringe benefit tax was. So for you, it may not be a surprise uh, about what this stuff is, but you will hopefully learn something in here, and it may make a bit of sense to you why your employer may or may not do some of the things that they do. So the title is, Is Your Employer a Grinch at Christmas Time? Tis the season to be jolly, and often we extend that expectation to our employer. Employers can get a bad rap for not looking after their staff or being stingy, especially at Christmas time. This is easy to do when we compare our employment environments to our peers. We don't know what's happening behind the numbers, so try not to assume the business you're working for is killing it. As people like to say about business, oh, they must be killing it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a story in a second. You have no idea what's on the line for that business owner. Often it's their family home. So to get funding in business, often uh, the easiest way to do that is to secure it against your property. And what that means is if your business fails, often uh, your house is on the line. So that is um, you know, pretty scary for a lot of business owners and that is their biggest fear is that if their business fails then they may lose their family home and they carry the stress with them. It's just something to be mindful of because again it might not be something that you've ever learned. But also if you, you know, I always say to you uh, that, that uh, what's my saying, jeez, that visibility is a fake metric for success. I was about to butcher it there. So be very careful when looking at social media presences of businesses and um, the cool things they're doing at Christmas time, I get to see behind financials a lot um, and I've had a number of jobs and I've thought the same thing, shit, you know, they must be flying, they must be doing really well, like I've seen them on this social media platform, all these different things and then you get to look behind the curtains and under the hood and realise, oh shit, there's a bit of uh, unpaid debt in here, what's going on here, or oh, not doing as well as they, you, know, you might have assumed, so don't make assumptions around how well businesses are doing and therefore what they should be doing for their employees and all those types of things because honestly you would be blown away how many are probably a good couple of weeks of not being paid from 
being not being able to pay their staff and the whole thing crumbling over. It's much like ourselves. We have low savings balances in New Zealand, three grand's the average roughly from ASB apparently. And businesses are often the same. It's very hard to actually stack cash aside to build up a rainy day account and a very small percentage of businesses would be able to do that. And you saw this when we went into the pandemic where the economy sort of stopped or we thought it was going to and people were freaking out being like, well, my business is just going to fall over. So don't just assume that there's a heap of cash sitting around and they can just do heaps of shit willy-nilly. And if you've got a Skax Christmas party, party, who knows? It could actually be funded through debt or through not paying the IRD. You just don't know what is going on behind the scenes. Now, the other problem that your employer has is that they are actually discouraged from helping their staff. What do you mean by discourage? Why the hell will we discourage employers from looking after their employees? Well, it happens by default through something called fringe benefit tax. It's another tax that potentially you've never heard of unless you're in business or uh, who knows where you would have learned about this. But I was surprised to see 50% of people said that they did know what it was. So before I teach you about that, please know that this week's newsletter will reach even more people due to sponsorship from EC Credit Control, a specialist debt resolution agency for businesses. So thank you to them for ensuring that this goes even wider. And you'll notice the banner in the bottom of this week's email. Thank you to the team there for helping this get in front of even more people. Now, Fringe benefit tax is a tax payable when certain benefits are provided to employees. So FBT is what this is shortened to. Basically, if your employer gives you things, they need to pay tax. Things like access to a motor vehicle to use privately, an interest-free loan, free or subsidised goods or services, contributions to insurance, and basically a catch-all for any unclassified fringe benefits. Now, at Christmas time, wouldn't we want to celebrate our team's contribution throughout the year and sometimes go a little above and beyond and get them something? Well, if your employer does that, there's a high chance it's costing them a lot more than just the present because there may be FBT, fringe benefit tax. Here's a few examples where the IRD get their Grinch on. Vouchers like store, grocery, restaurant, massage, when, when these are not redeemable for cash for you to enjoy at your discretion, they could be taxed under FBT rules. Most gifts, depending on the type and value, taxed. Cheeky gift basket or Xmas hamper, depending on the type and value again, taxed. Want to take the company vehicle away for summer? Taxed. Now, the vehicle piece is often misunderstood by businesses, especially smaller businesses. They may have a, a vehicle that they let their staff member use and they're on the road to go and visit different suppliers or customers or whatever, but this person, this employee, can actually use that vehicle for their private use as well. Now, the fringe benefit tax rules kick in there because it's basically designed to capture a form of income for that person. Now, what these rules are designed to do is say, well, you know, instead of uh, you paying them a bonus for them to then, or paying them cash, sorry, and paying them a salary for them to be able to afford their own vehicle, you're effectively saving them a whole heap of money by giving them that vehicle to use. Therefore, that's a part of their remuneration, and we are going to ensure that a tax is paid on that. So the employer pays it rather than the employee. And a lot of people, you would think, do have some form of access to um, vehicles. And it could just be, it's, it's basically based on how many days it's available for private use. You might not even be using it privately or even driving it that far, but uh, you, you, it will still trigger those rules because it's available for you to use privately. So think some of the things that you may have never thought about when you see vehicles being driven around at Christmas time, you know, the employers of those businesses with those vehicles on the road may be paying fringe benefit tax on the fact that their staff are enjoying uh, the use of those vehicles throughout the summer. Now I need to point out before one of my fellow timesheet heroes does, 
Did you know that most accountants have to keep a timesheet for every six minutes of their day? And you thought you were micromanaged, huh? That there is actually an exemption for this. So this is called the de minimis exemption. Now what this exemption means that is for some Christmas gifts other than cash and cash redeemable vouchers. So things that you can go and swap the voucher back for cash, not going to apply. This exemption won't apply. So it may not be subject to these FBT rules if no employee has received more than $300 of benefits in a quarter. The total unclassified benefits provided to all employees must be less than 22500 in the previous 12 months too. So basically they're saying, well, you could be doing a little bit of this gift type stuff and providing some hampers and whatnot, and as long as it's under 300 bucks a, a, a quarter, then you don't need to be registered for FBT and you don't need to be paying it. But you have to be very careful how much the value of the things that you are providing to staff is uh, and what type of benefit it is and then how much each quarter and then how much annually and then how much to all of your staff. Now, business owners, please note this is not tax advice. Please check your specific situation and gift types with your accountant because these these rules are very uh, tricky or just fiddly is probably a better word. Now, a side note, since we were learning about this recently, do you think that these de minimis exemption figures have been inflation adjusted, which we've you know, recently touched on what that means? So basically, as the value of money decreases, shouldn't we be changing what these limits are? So, you know, a $300 voucher these days is probably a lot less for, are going to get us a lot less than a $300 voucher five or six years ago. But, you know, I, I don't know the last time that these figures were actually inflation adjusted. Now, what's also happened too is that when we brought in a 39% tax rate, that means that we had to bring in a higher FBT rate as well because the FBT rates, the fringe benefit tax rates, are effectively trying to calculate, well, if you received that sort of benefit as a PAYE salary, what would the tax be on that? <clears throat> Excuse me. So they've had to change those, and it can be very, very expensive for employers, and I will tell you a bit more about this in a second. So for Christmas gifts to staff, it really matters what employers get staff and for what value. They need to be careful not to attract fringe benefit tax. What about a little cash bonus, you say? You know, everyone loves a little Christmas bonus, and people think, oh, I'm going to get that tax-free. Well, you can't do that. That will need to be returned through the PAYE system and tax paid on it like your normal wages or salaries. And it usually goes through as a separate item too. And as someone pointed out on the Instagram page, uh, it's very frustrating processing all of those payments. So, you know, if you want your start or your employer to, to give you cash bonus, you think, well, you know, like surely that's just doable. Well, by the rules, you can't be doing that. And you'd actually, you know, say they were going to give you $1,000 in the hand. Well, they'd have to be grossing that up and figuring out what's the before PAYE amount of that and actually running it through your um, your income details that go to the IRD and that's actually forms part of your salary. Now, what about when you see your employer buttering up your the, the customers or clients that you work with with uh, a cheeky Christmas hamper. Well, that's fine, but your employer most likely can't claim the whole expense for that, only half of it as it is an entertainment expense. So there's different rules again. And then there's different rules for Christmas parties. And this shit is just, you're probably thinking, this is why I didn't study to be an accountant, because this stuff is gross. But again, someone on social media pointed out they have recently just completed their studies and they're absolutely loving it. So, you know, there are people that love this stuff, but you can see how it gets messy very, very quickly. Now, if we ignore Christmas and just think about these rules in it as a whole and how they discourage employers from looking after their staff, check this out. I had a client who managed to give, uh, sorry, who wanted to give all of their staff medical insurance to ensure they had cover. So this was post-COVID and they're just uh, an organisation where they're a bit more worried about the amount of people getting sick and what that might mean going forward and 
Um, you know, I think a couple of them had had medical mishaps and they didn't have insurance and so they were struggling financially and the employer thought, you know, what would be a, a really nice way to reward all of my team would be to say, hey, look, I'm going to pay for medical insurance for all of you. So should anything happen, you're going to be covered, your family's going to be covered. And the insurance advisor sold them this cover, which is fine, uh, and, and failed to mention that this may trigger fringe benefit tax. Now, whether they did that or did that, didn't do that deliberately, like, you know, doesn't really matter. But they were mentioning this to me, and I said, oh, shit, you're going to need to be mindful of fringe benefit tax. And they said, well, what, what do you mean, sorry? I said, well, you've effectively provided them free or subsidised insurance, so that triggers the fringe benefit tax rules. Now, this um, was unbeknown to them when they signed up for all of this, but they were too far into it by now. So now, basically, they ended up with a $40,000 fringe benefit tax bill every year. So they pay for all of their staff to have this cover and now they're going to have to pay 40 grand annually as well as a tax. So another example, another client wanted to subsidise their team's gym memberships to contribute to their overall health. Again, taxed by way of fringe benefit tax. Too many staff um, and it's basically come to a, okay, this is just too hard. I thought I was doing something great for them. I was trying to encourage them to go to the gym and also to go to different boot camps and things like this and we could all do it as a team and then people could use it individually how they wanted to. Oh, no, sorry, you're providing free or subsidised goods and they weren't able to avoid fringe benefit tax rules and so the employer said, ah, you know what, fuck it, I might just uh, flag that. And this is what happens, you know, people come up with these great ways to try and look after their staff and they ring their accountant and their accountant's like, oh, well, actually, did you know that if you do that, you need to be mindful of X, Y, Z and... And they get discouraged and they think, well, bugger it, this is just like this has just become too much of uh, the old too hard basket. And then ultimately, like I believe, the employee is the one who misses out because this client, for instance, chose not to provide gym memberships for their staff and then do things together in the fitness space and they're really big on health and wellness and whatnot. And ultimately, then the employee misses out and the employee pays for it out of their own pocket, which is fine, you know but some of them probably just wouldn't do it because they might not afford it or they might not have that same level of accountability of doing it with their work. So I believe that you know ultimately these rules just end up impacting employees. But I would love to see them removed. However, if you did do that, you could just see how a small percentage of employers that are always willing to test and push the boundaries, they would probably use that to their advantage and they would give their staff ways to compensate them that was part of their overall package that really isn't being taxed by, or there's no form of tax being collected on that. So I can see why these rules exist, um, but maybe we need to look at changing what can and can't be sort of paid for by an employer, especially when you know, you'd know you think, okay, if we're so keen on, we spent $2 billion on, on mental health, for instance, and um, you've got people saying that there's been no outcomes from that, well, I've always thought, wouldn't it be great if individuals could claim their own gym membership, for instance, or doing things that are going to improve their mental health, like going to see a counsellor and things like that, because those things have to be paid for out of after-tax income. But if we could go a step further, whether we could provide these things uh, as allowances from businesses and they'd be tax-free income uh, to the employee and that'd also be a tax-deductible expense to the employer. It would be great to see these things. Now, there's things that do that that are put in place by employers, and they have to be crafty about the way that they do them to try and be careful with these rules. But I think if we just removed some of these rules, we could actually or change the way that they now are. I mean, they're so 
old and outdated. You know, people are expecting more from their employer for them to give them different things. And we just everywhere you look, it's like, oh, that's going to get caught by tax. And I think it just discourages employers from looking after people. And they're already getting a bad rap for you know, not being amazing bosses and all this sort of shit, but it's such a tricky space for them to try and navigate uh, as well. So these rules are obviously designed to capture crafty ways to remunerate your staff outside of a salary. But in a day and age where employers are being pressed to really look after their team members, you can see how they go to and then learn that the true cost of doing this makes it worth, you know, it's too expensive for them. And they think, well, actually, I just won't do it. Now, this often stops them from doing what they had planned and their employee misses out. FBT rates are really high too and can be over 60% of the total value of the benefit. Now the government each year collects around $650 million and this figure is increasing as all taxes are uh, each year. So it's not, you know, it's, it's a lot of money but it's not a massive amount of money. I think it's, it might be, it's, it's less than 1% of the total income that the government takes or via taxes and different things of collection. So it's not a big tax and you'd have to think, well, could we not spend $650 million elsewhere and then we wouldn't need to even have these rules? But, um, yeah, that's not a very good argument. But it's just, uh, you know, to highlight that it's not a huge amount of tax, but it is is still a considerable amount of money that can be redistributed around to to pay for other things out there. Now, um, I did read some stat where there is a, a large amount of people who, well, big organisations that aren't actually registered for fringe benefit tax and people are saying, well, that's that's interesting. You know, they most likely would be providing things to their employees and should be registered for FBT, uh, but they're not even registered at all, so therefore they're not paying any fringe benefit tax and people questioning, well, how could that be? So this could be another area where the IRD and the government review over time as well. And these rules are quite tricky and also very misunderstood by a lot of people, especially smaller businesses. So there's a lot of non-compliance in this space and a lot of it's probably just purely down to not having enough education of it. So I'd imagine that that's quite high. But uh, there you go, you've learned something about fringe benefit tax and uh, it could be more than what uh, people that are at uni at the moment will learn about FBT, but I get told no by a recent student, so I probably should have deleted that because I might have gone offside with them. But anyway, uh, if your employer seems a bit grinchy this Christmas, go easy on them. It may be that their accountant who is... that, that's who's actually ruined their mood. So it might not be the employer, it might be them ringing their accountant, figuring out what they can and can't do, and finding, no, you can't do that, you can't do that, that's going to attract fringe benefit tax, and they go, oh, for fuck's sake, and they get all grinchy. You have a great weekend. Did you know that uh, in November, our annual rate of food price inflation was 10.7%, the highest level in this country since September 2008. As you know, food prices are high, and the data now backs it up. So November, our annual rate of food inflation was 10.7%. Basically, food is 10.7% dearer than 12 months ago. And that's the highest level in this country since September 2008. Needed, my client is looking for a qualified resource management planner with at least four to five years experience for a full-time position servicing clients nationwide. The role involves consenting large projects and developments as well as strategic high-level policy advice. If you know somebody that would love this role, drop me a line. Uh, We've got clients who are currently trying to hire and they can't find the right staff, just like everyone will be talking about out there. And uh, often I like to try and do my bit to see if we can flush out somebody. So if you know a qualified resource management planner with four to five years experience and they'd be keen for a new role, you can drop me a line and I can provide some more details 
Fringe benefit tax, there we go. Not friends with benefits, but fringe benefit tax. I hope you've learned something there. We'll tune in next Friday, and next Friday's money mail will be the 23rd, and then it'll be the 30th. Wow, I better do some Christmas writing. Be good out there. Enjoy this week leading into Christmas. Hopefully the weather can turn for us and we can get a bit of sun. I'll see you next week. Break the pressure.